We're back. Let's go. Let's go. Wake it up. We're back. It's your boy C-Rock in that one studio on the What Are You Made Of show. I'm excited about today's guest. We're going to expand your mind, your think a little bit. And what I want you guys to know, though, is like we just talked about in, in the green room before the show a little bit about extraordinary versus what was the other word you said? Extraordinary. Making extraordinary ordinary. Ordinary. There you go. Making yeah. extraordinary ordinary. And, yep. uh, you know, Maurice Philogene's in the house. Uh, I got to I got to tell you guys, I've read his bio. I'm going to give you a little bit of background, but mm. uh, all that stuff is important. Don't get me wrong. But just in talking to this gentleman for like five minutes, like this is a quality human being. I cannot wait to introduce you to. So thank you all for being here. Uh, I really appreciate the listenership, the support that we have here with the C-Rock brand, that one, and what he made of. And uh, let's get right into it. Uh, Maurice, you know, he's an investor, entrepreneur, coach, philanthropist who teaches like-minded professionals how to try life on more. Now, his podcast is called Try Life On, where he has solos and he has guests on. And, you know, Maurice maintained four parallel careers for two decades, which I got to get into. (laughs) How? He calls it asking better questions. He has a 25 he was a 25-year senior executive for global management consulting firm Accenture, a 22-year special agent, lieutenant colonel as part of the military service, running field offices for federal law enforcement agencies worldwide, and a 15-year midnight police officer in the D.C. area as a means to give back to his local community. Maurice, I don't know if you're still in the DMV, but I don't know if you know this, mm. but I live at the beach in Ocean City, Maryland. Ah, uh, not too far from you, brother. Okay. Not too far from so you. I'm out in uh, Montgomery County. But then I have yeah. a cottage on the water on the western side of the Chesapeake Bay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I grew up on the northern part of the bay and then I always wanted to live at the beach. So we uh, built yeah, a house man. down here nine yeah, years man. ago and living it up, man. So have you been to the beach, Ocean City? Oh, yeah, for sure. Who has? Yeah. If you live in the well, D.C. area, I, you've been down there at some point. Nah, you'd be surprised. I ask people sometimes that live over there and they're like, yeah, nah, I've been to Virginia Beach or I haven't been to the beach. And I'm no. like, you crazy. You got to so, go, even though parts of the yeah. beach is frozen in 1980s, but people still got to go. <laughs> like some of those hotels got to do something. Yeah, I know. I just uh, had a conversation about that the other day where uh, they, there's a lot of conservative old, I call them old heads, thinking mm-hmm. the way they think. And they just don't want to, like one thing about this area it would be great if they start bringing some of the vibe of those restaurants with some music in the background. Yeah. Like that had like. Especially as the light, later the night goes, the music starts to get a little bit louder for the later crowd, <laughs> you know, and, and then also bring in some shows like they do at uh, different places, like for the wintertime to bring some crowd in here. But they yeah, just some some life. I think what they're doing and this equates to people's life in general, they're just holding on to what worked decades ago because there's not a lot of options and they can do that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they don't have to improve because there is only one beach on the eastern shore of Maryland, and that's. You know, they know that, so they don't have to make yep. changes. That which is sad, but whatever, man. I I still like going out there for sure. Well, there's a lot of them that are getting older, and their and their kids are taking over, and whatever, mm-hmm. and investors are taking over, and so eventually, I think it's going to shift. But before I yeah. go down any more rabbit holes here, Maurice, I want to make sure that I start the show the right way with a question that we always okay. start the show okay. with. <laughs> what are you made of? Oh man. <clears throat> I'm made out of a love for life. I'm made out of belief that you can try life on whenever you want to. I'm made out of, I don't believe in the status quo and have no interest for it whatsoever. And have proven that in my journey, not relative to everybody else, but relative to myself. 
And I believe that we can create and manifest whatever it is that we want if we tie so much emotion to it that that thing drops from your conscious mind to your subconscious mind and you start just physically and spiritually doing those things over decades. A lot of people say that I've lived four or five lifetimes at once. Now, looking back on it, I kind of understand where they're coming from, but we can literally create our life if we truly want to. I, I, I believe that, and that's what I'm made of. I'm a big believer in that, an experiencer of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I talked about this the other day about like people will cause and create something in the future. Yep. Then they put it up on a pedestal like it was coincidence or luck. Mm hmm. And that they had nothing to do with it, or if they're a believer in God, God didn't help them do anything. It, it's just a, it's a happenstance, and that sucks the power out of them to cause and create more in their life. That's right. Now, That's right. You know, so how, how did you start to come into this? You know, I know you started traveling around 15-ish, mm-hmm. right, internationally, mm-hmm. I think I yeah, saw. Yeah, you got the story. But, but how did you come into this understanding of causing and creating futures of your, of your own? So let me just give context. Um, I'm 48 years old now. I'm out of the regular work world. Um, I could have stayed, but by choice. I I had all those careers, um, an executive at a consulting firm for 25, military for 22, street cop for 15. But I was always a real estate investor for the specific purpose of achieving financial freedom. It was never about money. It was about being able to control my time and be where I want, when I want and do and and how I want to live. And this whole thing started because at age 15, my father sent me to France to travel around the country in an old Range Rover with the, with the family of the kid who stayed with me the previous summer. Now, I'm a Haitian immigrant kid, and I grew up in inner city Boston, man. You, you, you put me, this is 1990 for time frame. You put me in a car, drive me around with this white family that I don't know. I was very nervous. There's no cell phone. You can't really reach out to people and stuff. There's no email. But it changed my life. It changed my life from the vantage point that I now understood that the world was a lot bigger than Boston, Massachusetts, because it was, and I'm a natural French speaker, but it was French girls, French wine, French food, French funerals, French castles, French Boy Scouts, French sports. And I just fell in love with life. That's how it all started. And then the second piece to that is when I got to age 21, and I said, I want to have those emotions again in my life. It changed me. But when I hit age 21, when I graduated from college, the idea of sitting in an office did not sit well with me at all. So I started researching. I found the concept of passive income, which meant that I could generate income without physically having to be somewhere or do something, which clicked in my mind as, oh, if I can do that, then I can create time. If I can create time, I can go do more things like I did when I was 15 and have those kinds of experiences and feelings and things of that nature. So I just started. Now, when I look back on it, I just started saying things to God and to self that I wanted to do, and I started acting on them relentlessly. Um, So when all those careers came about, I just did it. Real estate, just did it. Owning a club, I just did it. Owning a coffee shop, I just did it, even though I bombed that one. Traveling to uh, 100 countries, I just did it. So it all started with that one trip that my hardworking immigrant father said, you got to get out of this country and understand that the world is a lot bigger than this place. And when did you, like you did it, you were practicing it, but when did you become conscious of it so that you could really lean into it? Brother, I'm going to be honest. I, I had a God, I had a God breath this past June. And I'm taking that phrase from someone I just interviewed on my podcast by the name of Rhonda 
um, Farah, essentially, I had a moment in my life that broke me apart. Like, I fell to pieces, flat out. And I had to get professional help. I had to rebuild myself. I had to find faith. And over the past six months, seven months, I've come to understand that there is something much stronger than us. You don't, you can call it what you want. You can call it universe. You can call it God. You can call it law of attraction. You can call it Tom and Jerry. I don't care what you call it, but there's something there. I started leaning in. I picked up the book called The Power of the Subconscious Mind. And then I started reflecting on my journey of everything that I've created. Like who, who, who is a full-time executive during the day and a full-time street cop at night? Where do you sleep in that? But I found a way. And the reason I found a way was because when I came back from being deployed in the military uh, early 2000s, I said, man, I want to give back to my local community doing that law enforcement stuff. That felt good. So I just found a way. And then my then boss at that firm, she was like, you're going to quit and give up 80% of your salary? And I was like, yeah. She said, why? I said, because I got to give back that way. She says, no, we're going to find another way to do it. So we found another way to do it. I just found a way to mesh my life together to do both of these full-time careers for decades. We, we, now, after I had this moment over the last seven months, I look back on my journeys, real estate, 2,000 units. I have real estate in two countries now. I'm developing in the Mediterranean. I didn't... You, 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 if you have a conscious thought and you push and you believe, any problem that you run into is just a blocker. And all you have to do to get rid of a blocker is create an action that will get rid of that blocker or find the person who can help you get rid of it. Like my boss at that job, she helped me get rid of the blocker. I realized that this year. I, I have been walking in, I know I can do this, but didn't know that I was walking in faith. And I'm, I'm going to say it out loud, I was walking in faith. And I, did, just, I just didn't know. And for some reason this year, or when I had that moment last summer and all the inner work and outer work that I've done this year to understand who I am and what's been going on with me. Uh, yeah, I, I just didn't know what to, how to articulate it, but I articulate it now as being someone of faith. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, now we're talking here. Uh, what, yeah. This thing that happened recently, you don't have to get into any detail you don't want to, but what did you learn from it and could it have been avoided? And one thing I want to talk about blockers or challenges. I wrote a book called Rocket Fuel. Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. I found out in my life, Maurice, is that everything has energy in it that can be converted into what use whatever you want. So a lot of times people talk about getting rid of things, but I'm like, well, shoot, I don't want to get rid of it because there could be some energy in that thing. Right. 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 And that's I what I wrote that. this book about, like, put it in your tank, your fuel tank instead of the trunk where it weighs you down or you can get rid of it to the side <laughs> of the road. But I'd rather yeah. use it as fuel. Right. But, yep. uh, but yeah. So so like what, what did you learn? Could it have been avoided? Uh, No. It couldn't have been avoided. Um, and it's okay. It's a relationship that fell apart. And I was moving my life to the Mediterranean. I, I, so I live between D.C. and the Mediterranean. Um, but I was moving my life in more of a superficial way and not truly. I think I was following a narrative because I could versus this is truly who I am and wanting to be plugged in. And as a result, I didn't treat certain relationships the right way and things of that nature. No, it couldn't have been avoided. And thank God I went through it. Thank God I went through it. I, it. 2023 was the worst year of my life, but the best year of my life at the same time because of how I've come out on the on the back end. But we got to go through those moments where everything shakes. And for someone like me who is 
I have time freedom, financial freedom, geographic freedom. I am a philanthropist. I, I uh, learning to be one, but I'm doing a lot of work in the Mideast right now. Like I'm relatively a good man, but it shook me to my core brother to the point of like, um, I, I needed to strip everything away to then piece everything back and come back stronger. It was a weird, I'm still kind of at the back end of it. So I don't want to sound all crazy about it and stuff, but no, 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 I, I really it. had I to reexamine what I was doing, how I was being, how I was applying myself. And, um, I have, and, and, you know. and it sounds like, it sounds like that you took responsibility despite what anybody else could have had input wise in it. Yeah. It as sounds my like, girl, as yeah, my girl yeah. Rhonda, who I mentioned to you made me realize I had to fix my reflection. Yeah. Yeah. I, and you know, I'm never I'm not a bad man. I, I I wasn't doing bad things to people, but I, I think I was I the depth wasn't enough. I think I was a I think I was an inch deep and a mile wide and not mm-hmm. a mile deep. You know what I mean? So yeah, anyways, and just just work yeah, on yourself. We, we, That's we're all. listen, I've been married over twenty years, almost twenty one years now, and we're all yeah. human beings and we, we're working on ourselves, always a work in progress, right? Yeah. And sometimes we even <laughs> feel like we've fixed some things and then we go back a little bit. The yeah. thing is, is that, you know, what's amazing, mm-hmm. uh, forget, like, not forget the, the, the first thing we do is like, we got to work and look at ourselves and work on ourselves. But the other thing is like, sometimes it's this thing when relationships don't work out mm-hmm. and it's amazing how one person can have some, so much power pull effect on us emotionally when there's 8 billion people on the planet. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's amazing how that works. It, uh, yes, it's amazing how that works. And wow, I was just watching the Dave Chappelle, the new Dave Chappelle special, and Dave said something yeah, on there it. that equates to what you just said, which is sometimes when you run into people, you have to understand that you are part of their dream. Like I have yeah, followers was, and stuff, and deep, people, strong. right? People pay. Yeah. When he said that, I just really had to think about that. That person and certain other people I meet are part of my dream, and they have heavy influence over me. And in this case, I didn't realize how good that person was in my life, right? And when they left my life, I felt the void in such a massive way. Now, and like I said, I've always been a good human. I don't need to be a great human. I don't need to be Barack Obama. I don't need to be Malcolm or Martin Luther King. I just want to be good human and kind to people. And I am. But when that that void came, I didn't, I just, it made me see things so clearly. Um, but yeah, uh, that's a great, if you haven't seen a Dave Chappelle, the new one yeah, at the good. end, he's talking about you are in someone's dream. So treat that person appropriately. And sometimes you are in someone's dream and you want to be treated appropriately. We have to recognize how much crashing into each other matters to people. It does. You know, you meet people for a certain reason. And if you're not paying attention to your actions around that person, it may spiral their life in a way that things happen to my own life right so i think that was a beautiful thing i heard Chappelle say so it kind of kind of yeah, summarizes better, better. He, yeah. he's getting better with age that's for brother sure. <laughs> that's i mean he was good right before there. don't get me wrong i was yeah. at, i went to i played football at salisbury and uh yeah. he came there one time back in the day mm-hmm. in the 90s late 90s mm-hmm. and it was a little room in one of the it wasn't even one of the big auditoriums it was one of the little rooms and we had him come in and do stand up and i thought yeah. he was the funniest thing i've ever seen and then he carried on his career to where he is now it's just amazing but now, isn't there a fine line? Let's, just th- let's talk about this running into people and, and being part of the dreams and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also run into this a lot where people come to me 
as I've built my brand and became known globally as a, as a brand mm-hmm. and people come to me, like I'm, I'm, I have a magic wand and I can just make their dreams come true. They want to, like, everybody wants to collaborate. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have to pick and choose because I have focus and, 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 you know, time is, is what it is. Um, and I, I feel like I just want to help so many people and I'm feel obligated. But then again, if it takes away from me being able to help people, that's mm-hmm. not good either. So being a part of someone's dream is important, but there's a, you got to, have some discernment. I think, I think there's a fine line, but there's also this. I've been saying this for years, and then I heard someone else say it too. So maybe I got it out of the ether somewhere years ago. But I, I subscribe to the notion that you should be selfish for quite some time. You should be selfish with your time. You should be selfish, selfish with your resources, and build yourself to the point where you can give back in a meaningful way to many people. So what I say in my journey, so I have a a bit of a following, especially on LinkedIn, because I talk about lifestyle design and how I created this life of mine. I never spoke about it during, I never told anyone I was an executive or, and a police officer and a federal agent and in the military and building real estate all over the world. I never said anything to anyone when it was going on. It was only in 2000, late 2021, I started posting about it and telling it. Well, now I have the ability to help people in a meaningful way at scale. I can also write a seven-figure check to do something good for a community at scale. But had I not taken the time to build myself up as a businessman and as a servant to my local community, let's say as a police officer and stuff like that, you, you, can't, you can't help everything in that moment. One of the best things you can do is build yourself up to the point that you have capacity to give back in meaningful ways. So. Yeah, man, you can't help everybody all at once, but you can certainly be an example. And then you can always remember where you came from. I'm still hanging out with my police buddies. Like, I'm always kicking it with them. And, you know, I'm not forgetting where I came from ever. But take care of yourself so you can help people. Yo, I was on uh, the subway. I don't know what they call it. Metro in D.C. Yeah, Metro. I was with my wife and these Mm -hmm. these kids were like going off and there there was two police officers there and they were talking to them like trash and, and they just, mm. the, the, the police officers did a great job not reacting. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's so easy when somebody's going off on you to, to react. Yeah. We're and they human. just kind of laughed about it, laughed it off. And I was like, man, it takes a lot of, <laughs> a lot of working on yourself, <laughs> your, man. Your, your you skin know? becomes different. And actually all those skills as being a police officer and federal agent and stuff, and maybe just being an inner city kid helped me in business so much because you, you have patience and empathy. And then also you're like, hmm. I've seen shit in the world that you can't possibly understand, right? Like I've run into houses that have and had shotguns pointed at me or been shot at and um been in the Middle East and 30 dead bodies. Like there's nothing Yeah. It, yeah. It, it 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 all feeds who you are as a person. So, but I can understand where those guys are coming from. You just be patient with people. Yep. Take care Pick of people. And, be patient yeah. with. You don't even know where these people are coming from, why they're angry. Are they having a mental health episode? People, man, kindness is the biggest effing power that people can possibly have. Kindness and empathy. Just chill out. You don't know their story, why they're so angry. Maybe if you did, you'd be like, damn, yeah, man, let's go get lunch together rather than F off. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. You know, uh, I was just thinking something just came to me about this, about uh, empathy and mm. uh, uh, I mean, I just lost my train of thought with that, but I, I wanted to go That's into okay. something else for a second here. So mm-hmm. when it comes to 2,100 single family homes, right. And somebody mm-hmm. sees that number 
Mm -hmm. It's an extraordinary number. But you probably think, well, I'd like to go to 5,000. But nonetheless, how do you get started in that and get to like 2,100 if I divide it by the years that you've been doing it? It's Mm -hmm. X amount of, you know, homes per year. Mm-hmm. Was it a situation where it started like this and then went like a rocket ship trajectory? If you're looking yeah. at a graph, and to be, I don't recommend people have two thousand apartments at all. I recommend people have two or three because that's all you need to cover your basic needs. And once you can cover your basic needs, you can have time. Once you have time, you can go experience life much different. It just so happens that on my financial freedom journey, which was me buying, this is what I did. I started buying single. I started buying condos in the D.C. area back in two thousand. Timing was on my side because that was the beginning of the real estate boom. But effectively, I would buy like $90,000 condos, rent them out. When some of them would appreciate in value, this is the smart thing my 27-year-old self did was I bought all these condos. And when someone would appreciate in value, I would take the equity from the ones that appreciate in value. I would couple it with my paychecks from the corporate company, from the police department and all that. And then I would start paying off condos systematically over time. So I started that in 2002. By 2014, I had bought 35, sold some of them, and I found myself with 18 paid off condos generating 13 grand a month. I created a pension for myself, right? Okay. That was my financial freedom journey. Now, where it's so, and I'm grateful to my younger self for understanding to do that. Because remember, he was just trying to create time to go back and have those experiences when I was 15, right? But I flipped at that point because I wasn't learning anymore. I was just executing. And it was like, eh, I'm just kind of making money here. I went into apartment complex syndication where I started raising funds from investors and things of that nature. Started a company with some friends. And um, we've done, let's say in the last three years, we've raised about $100 million And we've purchased 30 complexes across the U.S. We've renovated them. And we'll sell them for good profit for our investors. and. But me and my four business partners will sometimes keep them because we're much more cash flow. We want to live people. We're not like you. I can only double my net worth so much, man. I'm not getting doubly happy chasing doubling yeah. my net worth. What, what I want to do is raise money from investors and help them get to their financial freedom as fast as faster than the 14 years it took me so they can go live. This is not about my my business stuff is not about business as much as it is about so people can live life well right um so uh, the the thing that you said 2000 units 3000 units you want to get to 5 no i don't i have zero interest that's like me back in corporate wanting to follow the status quo and get to ceo no in fact after 13 after 15 years in corporate i started turning down promotions so i was like every time i get a flipping promotion I'm adding like another 20 hours of responsibility to my week. That's not what I want. I want time. So I said no to the promotions in favor of taking the money, going to buy real estate because I knew I was building up a big real estate portfolio on the outside. I got my time freedom. And then in 2021, I just bounced. And they were like, you're okay? You don't need us anymore? And I'm like, no, I I have 2,000 pieces of real estate. Y'all just didn't know. I never told anybody. It's been a pretty cool ride. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. But people don't no, need so, to do all that. You don't don't chase the Instagram version of life. Chase the practical thing. Buy be virtual worker if you want. Buy two, three pieces of real estate or a bunch of stocks or something like that. Let it take care of you later. But this notion that you have to have twenty million dollars to be free, no, you don't. All you gotta do is have more passive income coming in than you have bills. 
And you're and free. Keep lifestyle like there. So don't don't increase the lifestyle as it goes up. But we don't That's learn where a lot that of people make state, mistakes, right? They start making Huge. money and then they start increasing their lifestyle and then they and it's a rat. It's just like a, a hamster wheel. It is a hamster wheel, one hundred percent. You know. Well, mm-hmm. I heard um, Tony Robbins talking about something um, on my buddy Dan Martell's podcast mm-hmm. just actually mm-hmm. this morning, and he was talking mm-hmm. about private equity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so my thing my is, space. I have some investments in real estate. I have some mm-hmm. stocks, but I take a lot of money and reinvest it into myself. Mm-hmm. And my business, right? Mm-hmm. So, and and I believe in getting this snowball effect going because I'm a I'm a I'm a business scaler. Like I like scaling businesses. Mm-hmm. Real estate, what you do is a business. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people just keep they they just like it focuses real estate's real estate. It's a business, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but businesses are different things. So, what are your thoughts on private equity? Um, and the returns that mm-hmm. Tony Robbins was talking about from Ray Dalio's interview with him that mm-hmm. private equity out outperforms the S and P. People don't realize that, but are mm-hmm. you? Uh, what are your thoughts on private equity? So, uh, I'm in private equity. I I just said I raised about a hundred million in the last three years. Me and my partners and stuff, and it's all private money. I'm a black kid from. The, I didn't know. I didn't even know this existed. You know what I mean? Um, actually, I was just watching um Tony Robbins' interview, not on Ray Dalio, something else yesterday, but he was talking about in whatever time period the stock market has returned twenty nine million. If you would have did something, and he equated yeah, it to private equity, if, private, private equity, equity side was 139 million. Yeah, yeah, that's the same thing I was listening to. Yeah, yeah. So yes, it's fantastic. The challenge with private equity, <clears throat> one, people need to have access to it, and if you're not an accredited invest, you can have access access to it as what's called a sophisticated investor. But in general, you need to be an accredited investor with a million dollars in net worth, and a lot of people don't have that. Um, but over time, you can develop that or you can come in as what's called a sophisticated investor as long as you're smart enough to manage your money and what have you. But what you are doing when you are in private equity is you are, one, investing in the thing that the private equity is going to get, whether it's real estate, some, some other commodity, a business. But two, you are investing in those operators, Maurice, you are investing in their ability to run that asset and make it work. Now, the reason why I'm going to make a fair amount of money in private equity is because I have proven or me and my team have proven to our investors that we can deliver. We've delivered 90% year over year on certain deals, 30% year over year on certain deals. So they will come back. Mm-hmm. People like to be close. And here's the other thing. People like to be close to their money. Elon Musk has a lot of my money because I'm a Tesla fan, but Elon is not picking up the phone when I call him. I tried to right. get the brother. He don't pick up the phone. I don't know where he is. <laughs> But every one of my investors has my cell phone number. And when they call, I pick up or I hit them back. Yo, I'm, I'm doing something. I'll get right back to you or something like that. Because they have influence over what's happening with their money. And they are close to it through me as one of the general partners, one of the managing partners of our firm. I like that. I like that part of business. I want people to know that they can call at any time. They're going to get great answers, whether it's good or bad, you know. So that's why people will keep coming back over and over, and that's something I'm super proud of. So private equity is no joke. It is powerful. And if you build the right relationships, your money growth is unlimited. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for that answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Also, uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to thank you for your service, and I I wanted to do that after we talked for a little bit because I I think it's more, uh, you know, genuine. Um, I really appreciate yeah. the work that you've done so far and the work. I want to thank you in advance for the work that you're going to be doing because I have a feeling that there's some really great things in store. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the as we wrap the show up, I want to ask you the question about podcasting. We talked offline about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have a show. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. And you go on shows, I assume, consistently as a guest. Mm -hmm. Is that mm -hmm. something you do? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear what it's done for you personally and oh, for yeah. your business. Yeah. Having a show and then being a guest on shows as well and being on other people's stages. Well, so, uh, yeah. I started the Try Life On podcast. It's a, it's actually a coaching platform. So I, co I do high ticket coaching one-on-one, -on -one, um, think like 10 grand or something like that, but to help people design lifestyle they don't need a vacation from. I don't take vacations anymore. I don't need to take a vacation. My life is a vacation. It's kind of, um, I'm just living. So like Saturday, I'll be on a plane back to the Mideast and I'll pump around for a while and I'll, um, I was convinced to start doing a podcast, not necessarily because I wanted to, but because it would get my message of trying life on out there. And I, you know, especially the Vaynerchucks of the world and stuff, if you listen to them, you do understand that to get a message out at scale, it's podcasting and it's social media. And it worked. Like it's kind of out there. The other thing that it has done for me is one, it's, it's almost like a journaling tool. It's like a mental health tool in a, in a way, isn't it? Yeah. You get to, you get to talk, you get to meet amazing people such as yourself. Extrovert. Podcasting yeah. is a business development tool. I've done so many real estate deals with people through podcasting. I have met people overseas through podcasting. I interviewed someone today who was in the Prince, um, in PEI Canada, Prince Edward Island, Canada. I'm going to run up to his house probably in a month or two. It is so wonderful because what it does is it breaks down traditional barriers of communication. You know, you and I are sitting here having an interview, but it's really masquerading because it's truly a business development tool and a social tool and a way to Relationship connect. builder. Yes, yeah. with community and things of that nature. Um, I encourage it. I know it's hard for people to think about starting one. Well, start one. Go be on some. Go meet people. Right, we don't need a company to facilitate our relationships anymore. We can go direct with each other. So, it's been powerful for me to get my message out, business development, better myself, and lastly, give back. I freely say how I created all these businesses and did all this real estate and the deals I messed up on and when I screwed myself. And yeah, man, this is a wonderful way to give back to community um and give the lessons learned that you've had in your life awesome man i love it i i couldn't agree more maurice thank you so much for being here We're up against the clock i could talk to you for hours man and i gotta tell you man <laughs> you're, you're you're one of the favorite people i've met so far this year and last year you, you're really you're not that you need to hear this because i have a feeling that you feel like you've done some things but like you're just an awesome dude besides all the accomplishments and i just want to just from my gauge of you so far and, and, and i really want to let you know that and give you Thanks, some encouragement brother. so uh, guys, thank you so much for being here. Hang tight, Maurice, mm. while I wrap this up. My man. Keep subscribing, coming back, watching what we have going on here. And also, we have that one merch. You can go check out at thatonemerch.com. And by the way, you can go to trylifeon.com, trylifeon.com. Check out Maurice's, uh, I guess, everything that they need is there. Is that the best place for them? Yep, yep. Trylifeon.com, yep. Yep, and then go check them out. Follow them on LinkedIn. Maurice, thanks for being here. Guys, until next time, it's your boy C-Rock signing off from That One Studio on the What Are You Made Of show. Beat Artlist I.O. That One.